0: Alright guys, welcome back. Good morning. No, good evening. We're coming to you from a different time than normal. It is now Friday evening instead of Saturday morning. Austin has this bachelor party to go to tomorrow that starts at like eight thirty. What 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 even is that?
1: I am not privy to explain <laughs> myself. I don't know. I was just told to show up at eight thirty somewhere. Paint the
0: pound pal- paint the town beige, right? Like they're gonna whoo. Can you hand me my Bible? I can. Totally. Yeah.
2: Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Paint the town, baby. Welcome back. <laughs>
0: Welcome back. So, episode 33. Three. Yeah. Episode 33, Romans chapter 7. We're, we're in our 30s now. And hey, th- this hey, we're... show is now as old as me. This was Larry Bird's number. Yeah, in my current age. So. Yeah. Wasn't he from nice. Indiana? I don't know.
2: I think he went to IU or was born in Indiana. No,
0: he didn't go to IU. He only played for, I didn't play for Boston Celtics.
1: That's NBA. I know, but he didn't go to Indiana.
0: It'd be college. Who's
1: Larry Bird? No, I'm just kidding. I, I, actually, was, like, I actually do know who Larry Bird is, fine.
2: I think he was born in Indiana. But does man. anyone care? Why am I so quiet? You're not. I can hear you Okay, I, I really just, well. My headphones aren't working. Well, turn your headphones up.
1: Anyway, we're anyway. glad we're, we're, glad <laughs> producing we're back. Producing
0: on the fly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, how's everybody's week going? Just a little catch up. We have a Roman 7 today, which is not going to take a ton of time to get through. So, yeah. just everyone's week going well. Um, I know if you're listening to this, the Braves have either blown another 3-1 lead or they are in the World Series. So, I'm a little stressed <laughs> about that in the next couple of days, trying to hopefully the Braves exercise the demons from last year. Joke.
1: Who are the Braves?
0: The Atlanta Braves, Austin. That's where you. Larry
1: Bird plays. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan plays with
0: them too, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're, I think they're going to sign for LeBron in the offseason too, so they're just going to get all of them. Cool. Yeah. I don't know how that last one was. Anyway, that's my week. Just cool. watching baseball cool, 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 and losing. Cool. Austin, how's your week?
1: Uh, not too bad. It's kind of been my first week back since being off with the family because of our new baby, which... It's been, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. Very, very joyful, I could say. It's been very nice. Enjoying my family, so my week's been very well. That's awesome. What about you, Carter? How's work going? Not too bad. We've been painting, and I hate painting. Really?
2: (laughs) So, but it's not as hard because we're doing a deck, like the part you walk on, so we just roll it. We were doing the spindles and the stairs and like the... Handrails and stuff—that's the worst because you have to get super detailed. Yeah. I think it took like three days, Ooh. but we've done two days and we finished first coats everywhere. So, so you're a professional painter now. I
0: hope not. <laughs> <laughs> then it, ask me to do oh, say so your boss is gonna be like, "Carter, you're really good at you're this. You're really I good." I think at this. every paint I'm, job is gonna be you now. I end up painting myself
2: or my clothes more than what I'm actually painting. It just—I'm uh, a magnet. It you're just, supposed to do that. Yeah, though. that's, that's, yeah, that's okay. a part of it. I have it all over my arms, my shirt, my pants and I turn around <laughs> to other people they're fully clean.
1: Professional painters have paint clothes. Like they wear those white bibs and overalls and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's totally yeah. okay. I don't have that though. <laughs> your skin your skin works too. It's fine. You're white. That's true.
0: <laughs> you know, nor- normally I come into this and I have like an idea of like a uh, just a random little one-off topic or news story or something, but uh I don't I didn't prepare one today. Like I don't really have much on my mind. I mean, you have the story, the Brian Laundry story that nope. has captivated the nation. Nope. Didn't captivate me at all.
1: Don't care. Well, Yours I mean, did. sad. No, I just, I don't.
0: you know, I saw, I, I <laughs> would literally see a headline like, oh, okay. And I wouldn't read the story. I wouldn't read anything about it. Mm-hmm. You'll see a headline. I did find out that Candace Owens shows only $20 to go to. <laughs> and it's really easy to get tickets. That's funny. Who? Candace Owens. She's a political commentator.
1: Well, the funny thing was, I told Emily that you, you said, hey, dude, it's 20 bucks. We should go. And she's like, why didn't he ask me? I'm like, I don't know.
0: Well. Because she's, <laughs> she's more. Maybe vet. it was her I talked to about it. Because me ask, me as a as a guy asking your wife out to go see Candace might have been a little. Yeah, missed. that would have been weird. Yeah. It would have been both of us. that's fine. No, well, that's why I asked you. Because if I ask you, I'm asking her, too.
1: That's true. Yeah. yeah that you is didn't true. mention that.
0: It's implied. It's implied. I should have.
1: Yeah. It's I should have totally implied that. that's fine.
0: Anyway, that's all I got. That's cool, I cool, got. cool. So We'll get into Romans seven. Let's get into it. <laughs> that was that was a terrible transition, but hey, <laughs> what are you gonna do? So uh, let's get started. Romans seven. I'm gonna read it from my Bible, so I don't have to like turn my head. And
1: it's good to do. Yeah. I'll start us out. All right. Romans chapter seven, verse one. Or do you not know, brothers? For I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, and if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ." so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, and not the old way of the written code. What then shall we say?
2: That promised life proved to be death to me. For sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me, and through it killed me. So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. For we know that that the law is spiritual, but... I am of the flesh, sold under sin, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law, and that it is good.
0: So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind. But with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. Dude, I, I love this one. Yeah. I love it. Chapter 7, I, I like this one a
1: lot. I Just this whole week, you know, going through, pouring through it every day. I crack open the Bible, I'm reading it every day. And I, I normally do that whenever we, we pick a chapter per week. I, I just kind of pour over it, but th- this one is so cool. So, uh, verse 1, Or do you not know, brothers... For I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives, question mark. So it's that, again, as we're going through it, Paul is talking about the law. Old Testament law versus Christ is here now, we are living under grace, stuff like that. For me, this is one of the chapters that is one of the best defense for us Christians getting us in that mindset of the law is still good and we still need to be able to uphold it again, not from that you have to do the law or else you won't be saved, but because we're saved, we want to
0: do it. We should want to do it. There are still things in the law that are so good. So I kind of have a different take on this verse only because I look back at, at chapter six, verse seven, where it says that we have died to sin and, and talks about death. And the law is binding to someone who is alive and, and who Oh wait. Who is still a slave to sin. Okay. He's, sorry. Well. No,
1: I agree. I
0: I was talking about that whole chapter, sorry. No, I agree. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So verse one is yeah, talking about that as you die.
0: So as you die to sin, yeah. you're no longer bound by this law. Now, and we, we'll get to it throughout the ver throughout the passage, that yes, the law still has value and there's still things in there that that we need to strive for and and, and to, but we're not bound by it. And it's not this, we're not slaves to this written word. Um, So I guess I don't have a different take. I just, I was mainly focusing on that one verse. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. I read the
1: first verse and I went straight into the chapter. The whole chapter. But no, yeah. But like, like he says that the law is binding on a person only as, as long as he lives, question mark. And then going into verse two, For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. So going into this, talking about a woman being married. In verse 3, accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. So that, that thought of... You are, especially in the Old Testament, you are bound by law until you die. Once you're dead, but, I mean, what are you going to do? Keep following the law once you're dead? No. And that's why he uses this this reference for a woman and her husband. If the husband died, then she was free. And later later on, I I believe it's Timothy um, talking about encouraging. Paul is encouraging the young, young women. If your husband has died, remarry. Right.
0: Remarry. Keep going on with what God wants you to do. Well, Because one, once your spouse dies, you're no longer legally bound to that spouse. And, right. and so I think Paul is using this illustration to say, once you are alive in Christ, you're dead to sin, and you you are dead to the consequences of sin, which is death, physical death and spiritual death. Once you are... Not under those parameters anymore. And you're under grace. You are no longer bound to that law in in the way that it in the way that you were before, where yeah. it's exposing your sin and showing you that you can't live up to this.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, it's cool because looking at it from that perspective, again, Paul references marriages so much throughout his epistles, and always bringing back marriage to. You know what we should look at marriage to be mm-hmm. um, between Christ and the the bride of Christ, the church, and with it, with him talking about when the husband dies, the wife is no longer held to that law anymore. Which is cool because looking at Christ, Christ died so that so that we may live eternally. But he came back to life. He paid. He paid the penalty of sin. He no longer owes he didn't owe anything we did he paid it we no longer owe it because he paid it but now he's alive forever death has no hold on him whatsoever which means i guess you could call it the law but mm-hmm. that thing that binds us to christ as the bride of christ will never be broken ever because he is alive forever so where he's talking about if the husband dies you know we are no longer held the the bride is no longer held under that law, Christ is alive forever. So as the body of Christ, as the church, the bride of Christ, we are his forever. There is nothing that's going to break us from that. that that's what I was thinking as I was reading through that this week. I'm like, dude, that's so cool. Just kind of a little extra oomph, I guess you could yeah. say. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and, and Paul is so good at using analogies, metaphors to – drive his point home, and he's using it, and keep in mind, he's using these analogies, metaphors that are relevant to the day, relevant to the people he's talking to. And so, everyone in the Jewish culture, because he he obviously even points out at the first verse that he's talking to people who know the law. Yeah. He's talking to Jews Mm -hmm. who know and and observe the law.
1: The Pharisees, the the Sadducees, yeah, yeah.
0: All the religious folk of the day. And he also knows that marriage, like it should be today, is a big deal. It's a binding commitment. And you are bound to your spouse until the day that spouse dies. Yeah. So
1: well, and and to you know, definitely today, uh, looking looking back at Old Testament and the law, where I mean, talking about divorce, God mm-hmm. hates divorce. He says I hate, he hates divorce, and it, it's such an ugly thing. I mean, we we know people that have been through it. We we have parents that have been through it, family members. And it's such an ugly, ugly thing. And th- not that it's purposeful, but you can tell it's a wrong because it's not supposed to happen. Right. But... No one ever happily goes into, de- yeah, into exactly. divorce. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's never a... I mean, you might have a rare occasion where they just like, yeah, we don't like each other anymore. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You go your way. Or go home. I, yeah. I don't know. But... Figure that out before you get married. Yeah. <laughs> but in, in God gave an avenue. He did, yeah. For, through uh, sexual immorality, th- through either side. But like through here, Paul doesn't reference that. He just says either death or not. And as a marriage vow, that's a marriage vow, right. till death do us part. Yeah. That's,
0: and he, and that's, he's not he's not interested here in like getting into the fine details yeah. of when it's okay to divorce. That's not, that's yep. not what this is. This is literally just a metaphor. Right. It's just using this as an example of, right. hey, you know... You are no longer bound to this law because right. you are now bound to Christ. You are dead to your sin, which and again we'll talk about it here in a few minutes. Yeah. The law exposes the sin. Right. And 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 it's it's still the law. Again, getting we'll get
1: into it how the law is still important. And marriage is so important. And again, that's something, you know, may, maybe we'll do an episode on that. We'll have some couples in here that surpass
0: me. <laughs> but I don't know, man. <laughs> four kids in. Four I think, yeah. I think you're I don't think say you're it. on that don't level. Say it. We're only
1: <laughs> we're only six years though. No, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, but but so but young. Looking at it this way of, you know, God doesn't want it to happen, but He gives this avenue for it, and, but looking at say when Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman, you know, she was married like what four or five times. She was living with a man that wasn't her husband, but she was still married to another man, an adulteress five times over. Mm-hmm but
0: there there's that grace, God, yeah. Jesus forgave her, well, you have the woman that that the Pharisees brought to Jesus that was caught in adultery, obviously, yes. we don't have all the details, we don't really know who she was, what she was caught with, who she was caught with, what Jesus was writing in the sand, like we don't yep. know all these details, but under the law, she should have been stoned she should have been stoned, yeah, under the law she should have she had the every they were they had every right to to throw stones at her and, and, and kill her. For for the adultery, but Jesus is like, all right, let, let's think about this. Yep. What have you done to break the law? He who's with that sin, throw the first stone. Yep, you've all broken the law. First which, of all,
1: oh, I no, which I think would be cool. You know, maybe do an episode on actually going through the law as Christians. You know, we look at the law and we're like, oh yeah, we don't have to do any of that because we're not under the law. Right. You know, we're under grace, so forget the law. Which we'll get we'll get into here
0: in this chapter of no. No, the law is still good. let me ask you this, and, and this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but it's okay. It's our show. we can do what we want. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you hear about you have the the Torah, the first yeah. five books, or right yeah, the torah first five books of the of the Old Testament, and then you have the Talmud the Talmud, yeah, Talmud. sorry uh, that's, <laughs> sorry <laughs> what explain the Talmud and, and explain is that extra biblical? Is that outside of the canon of scripture? Because I feel like I read somewhere that it was outside of the canon of scripture, and it was just the written law, and it included all of these laws that are just uh, that that we ultimately don't follow at this point, right?
1: Yeah. So, e- like, even when when Jesus shows up, um, there are all these extra laws that the Jewish rabbi throughout the years they just. Because I, a lot of the Levitical law was from the Jewish people saying, well, well what if this? Well, what if this? Well, what if this? So, God wrote all this out. He gave right. it all to Aaron, gave it all to Moses, said, write this out. This is the law. These are a lot of the what ifs. But even after that, they kept going, oh, well, what if this? What if this? What if this? And a lot of it they added. And it, you can see whenever they would uh, go to Jesus, like they were going through the fields, and they were gleaning, they were picking some of it and eating. And they're like, oh, you're working on the Sabbath day. And he's like, if you're hungry, you eat. Right. And it, There are several other
0: instances throughout throughout Jesus's uh, ministry where that happens. Well, because doesn't that, the, the working on the Sabbath, that, that stems from, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Right. But they added all these extra things.
1: There was a lot of extra
0: added things, yeah. That wasn't necessarily from God. It was right. man-made. Right, and I think, I think we have to make sure we we understand, and that should be an episode where we kind of differentiate between those two, yeah. and, and differentiate between what was prescribed by God and what was just written down by man to, I don't know, just
1: well, and and for try most, to explain even right, and for yeah. the most part, I I don't see it. There might might be some really off the wall things that they came up with, but for the most part, I think what they were trying to do was good. They right. were they were trying to fill the cracks of what they didn't quite know. And which, which, yeah, what I'd like to do is be able to go through the law, the actual law, and go through what we do today. One of the biggest ones is whatever enters your body does not defile you. It's what comes out. So it's that point where Jesus basically says, it's okay to eat bacon. It's okay to eat shellfish. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. It's what comes out. So it's okay to eat these things. Um, there were a couple other things like that where now we know for certain it's okay to do those things. Right. But Christians throughout the years took that as took so much liberty, and they completely threw out all of the law. Right. I mean, yeah, the Ten Commandments. Some Christians know that nowadays. Not a lot of them know <laughs> yeah. all of them, or they summarize it in the two in the two that Jesus said, which were. I mean, yeah, it summarizes all ten, but. As Christians, the practice has been, well, we're under grace, so
0: we don't have to do any of it. Right. Well, and and Paul addressed that in what we talked about last week. Yeah. Should we just keep sinning so grace can abound? No. No, dummies. That's not what I'm saying at all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Get it together. Stop asking me stupid questions. (laughs) So, all right, cool. That was just a little side thought of making sure we knew that kind of difference of some of these laws were man-made. And like you said, they were trying to do good. They were trying to, their motives, I think, were pure at the time. Yeah. uh, Of coming up with these laws. Um, But it just falls short.
1: Yeah. Well, and one of the ones I always go back to is uh, Passover. You know, God says to do, celebrate Passover every year for the rest of time here on earth. And it was, it was a command. And I believe that carries on to us as Christians, you know, um, my family, we celebrate Passover. We have the Seder meal, and we remember exactly what God did for the Israelites, and it kind of leads into a little bit of Jesus, right. what He did for us. But we we do celebrate it because it was a command. And there's nothing in Scripture that says, "Oh, we're Christians, so we don't have to do it anymore." So, anyway, if if you guys want us to do that, <laughs> comment. You know, leave us leave us a message. Let us know if you want that or not. Yeah. If not. We'll probably still do it
0: anyway, because yeah. it's our show. Because it's our show, we do what we want. <laughs> yeah. No one comments anyway. It's true. That is, well, we, we've had a couple here and there. Never yeah. when we ask, though. Yeah, Brad. Also true, never when we ask. It's always like... It was, yeah, anyway. That was the wrong episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yeah, I guess to address the elephant in the room that I was trying to avoid, I was in my fatigue of editing last week's episode, I decided to skip a chapter. It's fine. And I fixed it. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I got, like, a a comment and a text message about it. I didn't notice. Well, that hurts a little. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, anyway. uh, Verse Verse four. four. Yeah. Likewise, my brothers, you have also died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. Yeah. So, Uh, just kind of reiterating what we've talked about. Yeah. And, And, yeah, going back to Christ
1: died, but he came back and now that law of as the bride of Christ he is never going to die again so we are bound to him forever we are we're solidified we are secured in the
0: fact that we are his we are we are dead to our sin and we're alive in Christ obviously this is a spiritual concept of of being dead to sin and alive in Christ but it, it becomes a physical concept because we will not we will physically die once most likely, unless Christ returns before that, which would be cool, which would be I'm really okay cool. I, I'm kind of ready. I'm, re- dude. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, come now. I'm yeah, ready. I'm ready, but we won't die that second spiritual death, and and because we are dead to sin, because we no longer serve our flesh and our own desires, which are, as Paul mentions in this chapter, completely opposite of what God wants. And there is nothing good in me, yeah. Well, apart from him,
1: verse five, yeah. Uh, for while we were living in our flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit
0: for death. So, really, you're 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 left with two options as a, as a human being. You're left with you're bearing fruit for God, or you're bearing fruit for death. And the difference there, and the way you differentiate that, is Christ. Is are you in Christ? Yeah,
1: which is cool. Looking at say a fruit tree you look at a fruit tree full of fruit, looking at that, if you are bearing fruit for death, you are a tree full of fruit, but no one is picking it. So, what happens? It rots, it falls to the ground, it, it disintegrates, it's gone. Your fruit was worthless, pointless. Your entire life was truly yeah. meaningless. Absolutely. Whereas if you're bearing fruit for Christ – your fruit is being picked daily. Our peach tree this year, we, we we planted it about four years ago. And this was the first year it bared fruit. Dude, talk about a first yield. Like, <laughs> it had so much fruit, all the limbs bent down and touched the ground. I had wow. to string all of them up and tie them up so that it wouldn't grow crooked. But we had to go through. I had to take so much off before it was actually truly ripe just because there was so much. And I'm like... As Christians, we need to be that way. We need to have so much fruit that it's almost overbearing. So we need to be getting rid of it and doing something with it. So as you're growing this fruit, you're using it for Christ. But the cool part of that is once it's used, another grows back in its place. Right. So that's the difference between using your fruit for death versus using
0: your fruit for life and and, and for God. And your fruit obviously can be practical. Yeah. It can it can be doing something. Your uh, physical gifts. Physical mm-hmm. gifts, your um, you know, supporting ministries and any getting into ministry and, and doing missions work or or sending Bibles overseas. Or but sitting, it also could be subtle things like sitting and talking to somebody. Sitting and t- yeah, it, or it could be subtle things. It could be the patience to deal with someone who's difficult. Long suffering. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It could be the I really am frustrated with this person, but I'm also mm-hmm. I'm I still love this person and I'm not gonna sin. In this frustration, because we're going to get frustrated, but it, it it reflects in how you treat people. It reflects in your reactions on the road, yeah. <laughs> even right, getting angry with someone who's driving slow or, or whatever. It's true. Those your actions, are, those yeah. are small, quote unquote, small things you do with the fruit that you are bearing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it and it leads
1: to the the fruit of the spirit. Right, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Gent- self control, gentleness? gentleness. Yeah. And it's important, it is. So, verse 6. Verse 6. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the
0: Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. So, one of my first thoughts here is that I can imagine before Christ that the law and, and all of these rules that the Pharisees and Sadducees and the religious leaders of the day would would impose on on the people, that had to be a giant weight on on their shoulders. It had to be this overwhelming sense of like, I cannot live up to this. I am terrible. <laughs> and Christ can Christ came and fixed that. Well, he lifted sacrifices. that burden off of us. That says, I know I don't measure up. Yeah, I know I'm gonna fail. Does give me does not give me an excuse to right. But I understand that I'm not gonna live up to these standards. But God and yeah. but Christ and Christ did that for us to where that law that just had to weigh on the people of that day. Yeah, uh, of the Old Testament and, and the people that were or even the people that still think that the law is is binding and is that had to weigh on them because there, it was impossible to live up to that standard. Yeah. It couldn't happen. Well, it, it, I mean, I'm not living up to it. <laughs> As we speak, because as am sure speak, this shirt has two different fabrics in it. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it was impossible to live up to that standard. And it had to be a burden because they had to feel that weight of guilt of like, man, I'm terrible. I can't do this. Which leads into
1: the, I believe that was the point. Right. That was the point that God was trying to tell his people. Exactly. And one of the biggest ones were <laughs> the sacrifices. It was not a once a year type of thing. It was whenever you sinned, you had to make a sacrifice, and here are the the lists of animals per different sacrifice. Right, Dude, I couldn't afford it. <laughs> I I could not afford yeah. it even even the sub, bankrupt like that. The sub <laughs> that he gave, you know, sacrifice pigeons and stuff. I'm like, oh my goodness!
0: Yeah, uh, just go to New York and catch one. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got some in Louisville, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, wow. But I just that that's one of the things that always stuck with me with the law is. The burden that put on the people. It had to be overwhelming at times. Overwhelming, yeah. Had to be. And we don't have to feel that burden anymore, which is fantastic. Awesome. Because I'm so terrible.
1: terrible. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we deserve help. That's we, fine. We deserve help.
0: <laughs> so, uh, just a little backstory here before we get into verse seven. Uh, uh, Carter and Austin have obviously heard this, but like, I was sitting at work today. And just reading through chapter 7 again. And I just had this sense of deja vu of like, we, I just talked about this. We just, did we skip a chapter and we did this last week? And I, long story short, I just, I realized, oh, wait a minute. I wrote a paper on Romans 7, verses 7 through 25 <laughs> in the last week or two for, for one of my classes. And so I was like, oh, that makes sense. So I actually have like the next little section broken down into three sections. And so I feel like that could help us just kind of talk about the next, the rest of the chapter, just in these three sections. Uh, verses 7 through 12, I, I labeled as, is the law sin? Is the mm-hmm. law itself sinful? And Paul talks about that in 7 through 12. Then you go 13 through 20, sin produces death, but the law doesn't produce death. So it, th- that kind of differentiate. like, is the law sin? Quick answer, no, the yeah. law is not sinful. And does the law produce death? No, sin does. The <laughs> sin that the law exposes produces, produces death, not the law itself and then the the 21 through 25 the application like okay what what can be done about this how do, how does how do we fix this yeah and so those were kind of the three three sections that i that i put in there so let's let's dive into verse 7 go ahead 7, right, seven, through, seven through, through 12, through 12. Yeah. yeah 7 through 12 mm-hmm. what then shall we say that the law is sin by no means yet if it had not been for the law i would not have known sin for i would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said you shall not covet First thing that
1: came to my mind was, okay, with children. When you look at your kids and say, hey, don't climb up on top of the refrigerator. There's a cookie jar up there. I don't want you eating those cookies. What is one of them going to do? Now they know there's a cookie jar up there. Now they know, wow, I do like cookies. It's it's almost inevitable, like he's talking about. They know it's there. Now they, now
0: they know. Well, you look at Adam and Eve. And they lived before the fall, before Eve ate the apple and Adam ate the apple. No, that's false. Before Eve ate the banana and Adam ate the banana. Oh <laughs> a, fruit. Uh, a piece of... Fruit. It was banana. <clears throat> but I'm going to stick... That's the hill I'm willing to die on. It was a banana. Okay. You prove it. Uh, let's do it. I don't, I, don't need fa- <laughs> I don't need facts. I don't need facts to back this up. Anyway, <laughs> before they sinned, before they fell, and before they, they disobeyed God... It was almost like a, a blissful ignorance that they lived in. They were they were literally ignorant of wrong. They had no concept of evil, no concept of sin, no concept of wrong. They only knew good. They yep. only knew perfection. Yep. They had no concept of death, of of bloodshed, of, of anything evil. of evil, of yeah. pain, of anything. They only knew death. What was the sin? They ate of the tree they ate of the fruit of the tree of what? The knowledge of good and evil. Yep. So what happens in that moment? They learn what evil is. Yep. They have now an understanding and a knowledge of, oh, there is something opposite of good. Yeah. (laughs) There is something opposite of perfection. Something opposite of life. That's us. That's what Paul is saying here, is that before the law, he had some kind of blissful ignorance, so to speak. Yeah. Before the law, he was like, I didn't have a concept of right and wrong. I didn't know good from evil, bad, right, anything of that nature. Yeah. But as soon as the law is revealed to us and the law is, and and we have, you know, kind of that general revelation where we have a moral code embedded in us from birth, I think, we have a knowledge of right and wrong. As Jiminy Jiminy
1: Cricket would say, a conscience.
0: We have a conscience. We know the difference between right and wrong. Yep. As human beings, believers, unbelievers alike. Again, we talked about this last week. I think I even said the same example. I know it's not right to kill somebody in cold blood. Push Carter (laughs) downstairs. No, I'm kidding. It's not right to push halfway. Yeah, halfway right. But no, I have a general idea of morality as a non-believer. But as a believer, when we know the law, we realize how tainted by sin we are. And I think that's exactly what Paul's getting at in this in this section. Is he's explaining the purpose of the law? Yeah. And he he understands this question that the dumb people are going to ask. Well, does that mean you're saying the law is sinful? No dummies. <laughs> By no means. <laughs> I, I really think it should literally translate into no dummies. Or I think that should be like in one of the paraphrases somewhere. No,
1: no, 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 no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, no, that is not what I'm saying. The law is not sinful. The law is the law that God gave, not the law man made, but the law God gave is perfect. It exposes our sin. Yeah. Well, and
1: that's where 13 picks up. 13. Did that which is good then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good, in order that sin might be shown to be sin, and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. God gave the law to show exactly what sin was, to show exactly how it rears its ugly head and here is a way to combat it. But as, as we talked about earlier, it was also that I'm giving you this knowing that you will never fully, fully complete it, fully be able to live up to the expectation of the law on purpose. Why? Because later on or earlier in chapter five, verse six, for while we were still
0: weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Well, and and it goes back to, again, this idea of of because of Adam, because of one man's sin, we are all tainted by it, we're all affected by it, we all sin, and God wanted us to know that. (laughs) And how did he show us that? By giving us the perfect law. Yeah. I mean, basically by giving us the Ten Commandments. I mean, all the law, the, 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 the Jewish law, is summed up by the Ten Commandments. Yeah. They're all stemming from those ten. Right. And, you know, we cannot live up to those ten. And Jesus expounds upon that in, in, in the Gospels where he says, okay, the, the Ten Commandments say don't commit adultery. Also, don't lust. Yeah, don't, don't look at another person with lust in your heart. Because you've already committed Because you've already adultery. committed
1: the adultery. <laughs> Thanks, Jesus. Picking up in verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer
0: I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. So, it, just real quick back to 13, when it, when he talked, when Paul uses the phrase, that which is good, in, in verse 13, he's referring to the law that he talked about in verse 12, where he says the law is holy, perfect, and good, I think is the, the words he used. And sin takes a good thing. Sin takes something that is meant for good and completely uses it and twists it for evil. And it it produces the death that Paul is talking about. So sin takes the law, which is a good thing, and twists the law and shows us and, and makes us deserve death and deserve hell. Yeah. So... You know, you hear, you hear the in one of the songs, the, a lot of popular worship songs, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good, you turn it for good. Very popular concept, a true concept. There are things that happen to us that are not, that the enemy does mean for evil, and God turns it into something positive. But the opposite can be true as well. Satan can take things that are meant to be good and twist them and use them against you. Did that to Jesus in, when he tempted him in the desert. Yeah. He took scripture and twisted it and tried to... Cause Jesus to slip up. Fit his narrative. What's that? Fit his narrative. Yeah, <laughs> and to fit his narrative. Oh. Right? Yeah, very but relevant to today. Yeah. Anyway. So you can actually trace this concept back to the Garden of Eden, where you see Satan say, did God really say? Did God really mean that? Did God really mean what he said? Contorting
1: what... Because... Spoken word. The
0: way Satan puts it is, he just doesn't want you to become like him. To have this knowledge and to to know all things... So therefore, he doesn't want you to eat this fruit, but he just wants you to be like him. He, basically, paraphrasing, he's jealous of his own power, and he doesn't want anyone encroaching on his own power and his own knowledge. Yeah. So I think that this entire you see the entire concept that Paul's talking mm-hmm. about in these few verses here, all throughout Scripture. Yeah, it's definitely the underlying theme of chapter seven and a lot of just Romans itself. And so then we see Paul kind of whine a little bit for a few a couple of verses, and that, and I say that. Tongue in cheek, of course. He, he is lamenting the fact, something that we all do as well, the things we want to do, we don't do them. The things we don't want to do, we do them. Because that flesh, the, those fleshly desires are still there. Even as a believer, fleshly desires are still there, and there are times they will win out over our godly desires. Yes. It's going to happen. Because perfection cannot be attained to the side of heaven. Yeah. So, I I, I think your example of kids is is perfect. Where they know they're not supposed to touch that cookie jar. They know that. They don't want to disappoint you. That stereotypical, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Yes. That hurts worse than the spanking. Yeah, it does. Right? It, it hurts does. worse than the grounding that you get. You so, feel it. So you know, you have a the knowledge and even the desire to not disappoint your dad or not disappoint your mom. However, the other side of you says, I, really I like don't cookies. care what they, wa- what they say, I want that cookie. Yeah. And what happens? It, usually, that desire, not usually, a lot of times that desire wins out, they get that cookie,
1: yeah well and so we and mean, suffer
0: the consequences, of course, yeah, but they know they don't want to do it, they don't want to disappoint Dad, but they want that cookie, so sin this is like a cheesy pastor illustration here, yeah sin is that cookie, God is your father, you don't want to disappoint your father you you don't want him at it, you were disappointed or, or upset, but you really want that cookie. And sometimes that desire for that cookie outweighs that desire to please your father. Yeah. And so I go get the cookie. So yeah, eat Le- cookies. So, so leading leading
1: into twenty <laughs> leading into twenty one, so I find it to be a law. Find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. All the time, all the time. You're like, no, I am going to do this. I am going to do that. Even some simple as I am going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to do it. I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to go to work. And immediately, it's, immediately, immediately, Satan's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> challenge accepted. And then, yeah, evil lies close at hand because the enemy wants to disrupt this. He does not want you to do good. He does not want you to honor your father. He wants you to go for that cookie. He wants you to do what your flesh wants you to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's so relevant. It- that first morning you say, I'm going to get up early and start reading, is the night you don't sleep good. Yeah. It's the night that you stay up too late watching television or even you just stay up too late. Even if, like, like having a conversation with somebody. Nothing that's like wasting time, like a legit good conversation. You stay up too late and then you are too tired to, quote unquote, too tired to get up and, and do it. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. Well, tomorrow turns into the next day, turns into the next day. Into There's a always week. a reason uh, it yeah. turns into a week. And you're exactly right. Because the second you've, resolute, and you say, I'm doing this, I resolve it, I declare it, Satan's like, <laughs> okay, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> he lies close at hand. <laughs> and
1: and that's the thing, so, verse 22, for I delight in the law of God, in my inner being, for I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. We delight in wanting to please God. I from most every believer I talk to, it's like, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. Again, I do not do what I want to do. We want to please God. We want to be able to honor our Father. But real- whenever we want to do something good, evil lies close at hand. Yeah.
0: And real quick, I want to go back to, we we kind of skipped over this and it's okay, but I want to go back to verse 18 and just this one little phrase of verse 18 that says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me. Mm, Yes. That's um, yeah, very important. I, I don't want. I want to hit on that because it's actually going to lead a little bit into the conversation we have on Thursday's episode about the Reformation and Halloween and that sort of thing. A little bit of both, but uh, this idea of of depravity, of because of sin, because of the sin of Adam that we talked about it was in chapter five or chapter six. Because of one man's sin, we're all born into it. There is not a single part of my being that isn't tarnished by sin. My mind, my heart, my physical body, everything. I mean, you talk about just my back is sore today. Back has been hurting for the last couple days. That is a result of sin. Not necessarily a result of my sin that I did that caused this back pain to hurt. But the fact that there is the possibility of my back hurting is because we live in a fallen sinful world. So every part of me is touched by sin. There is nothing good in me apart from Christ. And I think it's very important that we understand that as believers because we have a tendency to fall into this trap. That because I'm under grace, and because I'm a Christian, I'm now a good person. I am now able to please God at all times. And that's not true. Right. We still have this fight in us, and our flesh, again, apart from Christ, the part that Christ hasn't, or that we haven't given over to him, haven't turned over to him, is disgusting.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: In the it, eyes of God. This is a conversation
1: I've had before, you know, of that mentality of, oh, m- most people are good. You know, mo- most people are, are they're, they're good. They're all right. Uh, or they've got a good heart. It's like, well, look at Scripture. If you if you say you're a Christian, you believe in Scripture,
0: let's look at Scripture. And as he says in, in verse 18, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Yeah. But the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. So,
1: Jeremiah Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Our heart is wicked. And then verse 24 in chapter 7, Romans, wretched man that I am. Yeah. We are are wicked, evil beings. And it is truly only by the grace of God that we have any chance, (laughs) the chance whatsoever.
0: What are our good deeds? (laughs) Nothing.
1: Filthy rags. Our good deeds are
0: filthy rags.
1: I'd, I'd even go worse than that.
0: Well, no, no, we don't even but, have rags. Well, no, what is what is the actual little tra- literal translation of filthy rags? Do you know? Do you know what oh, this is?
1: Oh, um, okay, now you got me on the
0: spot. <laughs> the literal translation of filthy rags and cover kids' ears if you want to is used menstrual rags.
1: Oh, that's yeah, that's right.
0: Dirty used menstrual rags. That is what our good deeds are in the eyes of God. Yep, because we're disgusting. We're disgusting. We're disgusting human beings yeah. when it comes to our sinful sinful nature. And there's there's nothing good in us. Nothing whatsoever. redeemable. No. Nothing redeemable about us. That is what makes Christ's sacrifice so amazing and so illogical is <laughs> because we don't deserve it. Verse twenty four. Wretched man am I. Yeah. Wretched. Disgusting. Vile. Evil. Yet somehow, some way he still says, You I want you. I choose you.
1: Well in and, and reading that. Reading that as as, you know, earlier you're like listening to Paul basically lament and complain and whine it's like I read that I'm like dude he's looking back at his life look at all the people he mass murdered in the name of the law of the written code and he persecuted all these Christians and he murdered murdered them he watched Stephen be stoned
0: Held held
1: the coats of those who did it yeah and he and I see that I read that and I truly believe he he's remembering that and wretched man that I am, I, I was a part of killing all these people, not kill murder. I murdered all these people. Wretched man that I am. But going further, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but
0: with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Again, continuing to show the dichotomy that we have living inside of us, show that dual nature that we now possess – It's fighting. The fighting nature. (laughs) Yeah. It is, I know I want, I know, I have this head knowledge of what I need to do, and even this desire to do it, but because of my flesh, because there is not a single part of me tainted by sin, there are going to be times where I can't. I'm just not going to, and I'm not going to live up to that standard. But, But. thanks be to God, through Christ Jesus. Again, mind-blowing. This, again, an illogical thing. The beauty of grace is that it makes life not fair. We deserve to live in sin and, and to live and be a slave mm-hmm. to sin and ultimately die and be separated from Him for eternity. That's what we deserve. So we should get. If yeah. so life were fair, that's what would happen. Well, and besides. Nobody totally doesn't have to.
1: In, in case you were wondering, tomorrow um, you're going to fail. And the next day you're going to fail. I'm going to fail. We're all going to fail every single day. Yeah. But because of Christ, the sting of death will only be that physical death and that eternal death we will we won't have to go through. Right. And so to, tremendous hope. That is the hope. Yeah. So take heart.
0: Take heart. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to that episode, that honestly was is one of my favorites that we ever did. Take heart. It was the episode that we called Take Heart. Um, but this was a good discussion. I, I think, again, it builds, it continues to build on what we've been talking about. And I think starting in Romans 8, things kind of shift a little. We go a little bit more into like deeper theology and deeper concepts of God and His nature and His plan of salvation. And Austin, what what, what do you got? What do you got right now? I just <clears throat>
1: have something to to leave us with.
0: Okay, for, for, for chapter seven. seven,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an excerpt from John MacArthur, one of the sermons he he did over chapter seven. We still serve the law. In fact, we serve it better than we could before we were redeemed. Because we serve not the letter of the law, but the Spirit. We no longer are slaves to a legal set of values and rules in order to gain favor with God. But we now serve God out of love because he's granted us salvation. We are free. Free to serve God. Not free to serve ourselves. We did that before. We aren't legalists serving the letter. But in newness of spirit, we serve Christ. So somebody asks the question, If we're free from the law as Christians, is the law binding on us? The answer is no and yes. It is not binding in the sense that our acceptance with God depends on it. It is binding in the sense that our new life seeks to serve it. You see, the law couldn't save you because you couldn't keep it. Now that God saved you, the law cannot condemn you. And for the first time in your life, the power of the Holy Spirit, you can keep it. So we're not under the law, condemnation, but we serve God's law out of the depths of a committed heart. Is the law important? Oh, yes. Can we say with the psalmist, David, Oh, how I love thy law. Oh, yes. Even though it cannot save us? Yes. Even though it would condemn us? Yes. Because Jesus Christ has borne that condemnation, and by planting within us the divine nature has enabled us to keep that very law. And we don't serve it externally, but out of the newness of spirit. So, we're dead to the law in the sense that it could save us from condemnation, save us or condemn us. But listen, people, we are more alive to the law now in terms of serving it to the glory of God than we have ever been. And again, for me, that's why I like chapter 7 so much. Um, Going through a lot of this stuff, going through the law, going through... Why? Why do Christians, we no longer observe a lot of these things. And it is so important. As the psalmist says, oh, how I love thy law. It is God's law. He gave it to us. Why do we not continue to try to uphold it? So, yeah.
0: Well, I want to give a disclaimer for the next couple of weeks that we have coming up. Um, We're going to get into some kind of, like I said, some of the deeper theology that Paul starts to dig into. God's sovereignty. Um, the concept of predestination. The con- the idea of being chosen. And I want to just kind of give a disclaimer. We don't have all the answers. We have our thoughts. We have our opinions. We have how we feel the text should be interpreted. Um, doesn't mean we're 100% correct. <laughs> we don't have it figured out. Also, the next few weeks, we're going to really bathe these in prayer. We yes. want to come at this as faithfully as possible. To be as un- unified as possible, to not sow any divisions within a, yeah. a church, within any kind of groups of friends, mm. with anything like that. But we want to tackle these passages because they're there. Yeah, <laughs> we have well, to. We have to tackle them.
1: And again, the, I again, my opinion. This this is a secondary issue. Right. This is not a salvation issue. It's not. And, uh, for, from just the conversations we've had, we agree. We agree on exactly what we're talking about. And and again asking you guys to pray for us because we're not coming at this as look, this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> and and we we would ask that you guys would pray for us. Pray for us ask that the Lord would would give us his his understanding and not our own. His wisdom
0: and not our own. And I do think we're going to try to I think it's important for us to maybe even show a little bit of both sides of like, hey, this is how this group interprets it. Interprets it. This is how this group interprets it. This is kind of where we fall. Yeah, and kind of where we lie. Yeah, in this, and, well, and we and may differ in some areas, and and I think Carter, yeah. we may differ in a few areas, and it's it's, and we're gonna differ with some of you in in, in, yeah. in, the, in the in the the listeners, and. I think back to our episode on salvation and if we can lose it or not. Can we lose right. our salvation? We had a, f- a couple of some feedback that was like, yeah. "This is this is not accurate," and, and we want to challenge you to to look beyond your preconceived notions and look beyond your the hang-ups. mentality is
1: keep your mind open to scripture. Exactly. As we read through it, we are taking it at face value. After we have taken it at face value, exactly what it says, then we dig into the Greek. Then we dig into the, the meanings of certain words, right. and and we're, we're not just reading it and winging it. As we've said that before, we're, we're digging deep into this. We're trying to understand based on a spiritual and scriptural understanding. So, yeah, pray for us, please.
0: So, yeah. Uh, so, the next couple of chapters are going to be a little intense, and we're going to we we might actually take a we might take a little bit of a break to, before we get into that to yeah. prepare ourselves and 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 really give it the time it deserves to to dive into it because again it can be such a divisive issue it shouldn't be it shouldn't be no. I don't want it to be I you know I it have, is
1: not a salvation not. issue
0: you know I, I we we talk about it with some of our peers within church and like okay I definitely lean one way you definitely lean the other way I'm not angry you are let's let's maybe get to where neither one of us get angry about yes. it because yes. it shouldn't be that way. Not saying I'm always not angry. You know what I mean. <laughs> but like, let's keep a, pers- a good perspective yes. on this as we kind of get through it. So, we might not do Romans 8 next week. Probably won't. Um We'll get a couple different topics in next yeah. week. and I do some fun ones. Do, some, do something fun. Might bring the girls back. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Carter didn't get to experience that last time. That's so. true. No. Felicity
1: yeah. Felicity has the ones she wants to do. Does she? Oh, Grant, perfect. She wants to do all of Hebrews. I'm like... I'm not going to say no, but uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see.
0: So uh, so be on the lookout for that next week. Um, we'll have a couple episodes out. And I think we're going to kind of get back to our former routine of two episodes a week. And We're going to work on it. Work on it. Yeah. So, but until we meet again on Thursday, stay, stay rooted. rooted. We'll see you all next week.
1: Yeah. Thank you for listening to our show. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. You can find us on Apple, Google, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Rooted in Logos Pod, or even on
2: our website, www.rootedinlogospod.com. And if you want to support us financially, visit us at patreon.com slash rootedinlogos.